and I push the record button. It is recording. Turn up the input gain a little bit so people can hear them crickets. That's right. Oh, oh yeah. Anye. Añejo. You sound kind of gringish. <laughs> Gringo-ish. Añejo. Añejo. Pretty good. Fuente. It actually helps to know Spanish when you're messing around with cigars, because like like bellicoso um, is one of the shapes, and it's like if you know what that word, it's it's actually it's a Latin based word that means like a the sharp the fighting point of a knife or something, and so it's a it's a pointed tip on a cigar. <clears throat> this is just something special. Man. Just looking at this, I'm... I know. <laughs> I mean, they put gold... Oh, gold. Yeah, on the gold foil. We've got this nice cedar yeah. slice. In fact, if you... Yeah, I, I'll do this later, but I slice down the tape so I can stick these cedars flat in my humidor, and just then I always have extra little flat cedar pieces in there. Oh, come on, come off there. The bottom, the bottom ribbon won't come off. There we go. Look at that Maduro. Yeah, so will. In fact, I've got a bunch of sleeve or sleeve shoved in the bottom of that, too, so when I carry stuff around. Pretty exciting. You go ahead. You go, you go ahead and cut. Hugo. Hugo Chavez. Anye. Anye. Anye, her. <laughs> Oh, wow. Pretty tight little girl. Remind me to mention this after we, after our five minute timer goes off. I don't think I've ever gotten this, but here's, this is, this is like right away. It's like if you took chocolate milk and made it vegetal just a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's what the pre-draw is. Tamarind. Waffle. Yeah, like that, like that uh, one kind of chewing tobacco, the funny old commercial beech nut. Beech nut. That's, <laughs> that's Absolutely. It. It's going to be a little tricky to light out here. Oh, it might be. Which way is it blowing? Get on, get on the right side of it, usually. That's one thing about that Cigar Obsession guy. The thing that's neat about his lighter is it's so powerful. It, it, like it burns like a torch, mm -hmm. but it makes a soft flame when the torches kind of blow together up high, so it's, it's just an interesting... That little foot smoke coming off the toasting here is just delicious. Oh, got a, got a rough light. Oh, man, that first... There we go. I made a little mistake and missed a, just a teeny bit of my tip. Now you're not going to have an alarm go off, are you? It's just going to be a... Is it just going to... We have to look at it? I think it'll go off. Mm. That is something special. I know we're not supposed to talk about it yet, but... Hmm. There's a lot happening. <laughs> that might be the most like mouthful of a cigar I've ever had. <clears throat> Funny thing, that one of those when you're smoking a cigar that's supposed to be good, and it's like I've I've drank probably more wine than I've smoked cigars, but at wine club that would always happen. It's like, oh, this is supposed to be good. So, and it's like there's this pressure, like. Like, there has to be more happening. Like, if I'm not tasting it, I have to pretend like I'm tasting yeah, it. Yeah, right. And I don't think I'm pretending at all. Oh, man. So, I work really, really hard three or four times a year. Yesterday was one of them. <laughs> 
Was yesterday your new all-on-one weaning day? It wasn't, but I'll... That's tomorrow, yeah. yeah. No, it's not coming up for Thursday. a while, so... Okay, welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. Joe. Here. <laughs> Present accounted for. Yeah. Um, we have already lit, and we're excited to be smoking the Arturo Fuente Anejo. 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 <laughs> I'll try to sound Hispanic every time I say it. It's, um, uh, it's tasty. We'll talk about it in a second. But before that, even more important than an Arturo Fuente. Why, why are we smoking this today? Why are we, that's right. Um, approximately one year ago, Joe and I began recording a podcast. And one of the funniest things on that podcast was one of us, I went back and listened to it less than a week ago. And one of us is like, are we going to upload this? I don't know what we're going to do with it. What are we going to do with it? Who knows? <laughs> but we were just convinced that we needed to do something. Um, and I can honestly say part of it was just because we're great friends. And part of it was because we love cigars and wanted an excuse to sit down and smoke a cigar. So why not just talk about stuff that's in the news and uh, think, think through some of the things, challenge our own ideas a little bit. So this is our one-year anniversary, and yeah. we're smoking this amazing cigar. And does the name Añejo actually have something to do with years? I mean, the, the word Año mm-hmm. is sort of in there. So what's that have? What is it? You know a little Spanish. Yes, it means basically means aged. Aged, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, so. It is quite tasty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can refrain from talking too much about it. Well, I think now we can talk about it all we Yeah, want. okay, good. The recording's going. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, like, the pre-light, we're always like, oh, I want to talk, but I can't because yeah, the recording's exactly. not on yet. Even the pre-draw of this cigar, which is a, you want to, uh, do you have the description sitting in front of you? No. I can pull it up here real quick. Okay. Because even the, even with the pre-draw, there was so much going on in the taste that it just, okay, so it says that it, they're made with the same filler and the binder as the Opus X, which you talked a little bit about, the Opus X before we started recording today, but maybe you should. Well, well, here's tell us what I know. I've, I, I might have smoked one. I honestly can't remember. But the the press on the Opus X is phenomenal, and the price is is pretty high up there. So, it's kind of Arturo Fuente's big one, and it's the original Opus X. They actually had a secondary Opus X called Lost City, but basically, it's supposed to be their creme de la creme, the kind of top top of the pile. And Wait, did you just mix French in maybe with our Spanish? I did. Creme de, sorry. <laughs> creme de la creme. <laughs> um, anyway, but so basically, this is that filler and binder. Okay. And filler yeah. and binder. If same filler and binder, okay. except that they've wrapped it in a dark, oily U.S. Connecticut broadleaf Maduro leaf that has been aged. For one full year in oak cognac barrels. Yeah. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Already. Uh, so then the description says, The result is, therefore, a smooth-smoking, full-bodied cigar with a unique, complex flavor and sweetness. So, even with pre-draw, I was getting tamarind, like, just so nice, sweet, sort of almost tangy, and... Uh, and then now having lit it up, it's really lit it up, figuratively, because it's complex and sweet and oily. This is great. Yeah, there's. I said this earlier, <clears throat> but it's there's so much happening. It's probably the the biggest mouthfeel I've ever had in a in a cigar, and and they're not very big cigars. Where it's either I don't remember. It's either a Corona or maybe it's it's not a Toro. It's not a it's not a robusto. It's not that big. It's probably Corona size, maybe a smidge bigger, um, but somewhere in that ring gauge. There's just a lot happening for me. The pre-draw was as soon as I stuck it in my mouth, I took a little drop. I'm like, oh, that's that's like chocolate milk with something else. And it was kind of like if you took chocolate milk and made it vegetal, which sounds weird a little bit, but but that's chocolate milk is my favorite vegetable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe we just better. Hmm. Talk less and well, smoke more. I was going to say, that. maybe this will be a really silent podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have noticed already now, you mentioned in previous episodes and previous times we've been together that perhaps Maduros tend to burn a little wonky. 
That's what I've learned. And so I'm looking at this here, and you had a little scare on your light. Yeah. And I'm I'm just really nervous that this is going to go wonky on me because <laughs> I don't want to waste any of it. But yeah, so far it's great. We got a little breeze too. It shouldn't be shouldn't be enough breeze to affect the burn, but I. It seems like I've read or heard somewhere that Maduro's burn just a this little is bit. So smooth. It nice. is smooth, but there's so much. It's yeah. like heavy but smooth. Yeah. So that's kind of full interesting. Body. It's full body. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one year. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is. Time, man. The older I get, Doug has more experience with that than me. But I'm getting old. I mean. But uh, no, joking aside, the the older I get, and I know I've been told this my whole life, but the faster the years go, I just can't believe how quick sometimes time flies by. Uh, we were talking about the things that we talked about in that first podcast uh, about a year ago, and it's funny because those things seem so recent. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Charlottesville, which they just had, obviously, the anniversary march of that. Mm-hmm. We were talking about free speech, still in the news, with some the censorship and things. We talked about the cigar we were smoking, obviously, but um, you were leaving your job a year mm-hmm. ago. Uh, your job at Youth for Christ. We were talking about uh, diversity, which I don't know exactly where we went with that, but then we were also... I must have gone on some rant about uh, biblical astronomy or something, because we were talking about... Yeah. Different things that were happening in the sky and things like that. That so. was that was a fun little offshoot conversation. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was just, and it it, it is just interesting. Like it seems like yesterday, and it was a year yeah, ago. It does. So, um, but just reflecting on life, it's like, man, life's life's good. My job's completely different. My family's bigger. Got mm-hmm. another baby coming in yeah. December. You have one plus a half, like one and a half more than you had. Yes, yes, exactly. Because <clears throat> Ingrid is not even a year yet. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, awesome. So, yeah. It's been quite a year. 20, 2018, I guess. It has been. Who'd have who'd thought? Who? And, of course, that would have been, been pre-Trump. So we didn't, right? Mm, no, because that would have been late summer of 2017. He would have okay, been in okay. office he since been January. In office since January. So. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, but it took him a while to get rolling, though. I think there were... I can't tell you... I, know, it, I think that's it, why they were pissed, because it didn't take him very long to get going. <laughs> but yeah, no, well, it, it, I mean, it takes I mean, any administration a while to get moving. I think I think if I remember right, there was a, there was a long, uh, drawn-out process of confirmation. I think we might still be waiting on some confirmation of some appointments. Is, it, is it Kavanaugh or...? Well, that was that's uh, gonna take a, a Supreme Court... I was okay. talking, I'm talking about the cabinet oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. I mean, it was just crazy. Mm. Well, and he and he had some turnover. Secretaries of this and that. And he had some people trying to push their weight around. I mean, I I remember, I don't remember who it was. Was it the sec not Secretary of State? Was it somebody? Seems like Secretary of something said, "I will not do what Trump tells me to do." And he's like, "Okay, boom, you're out." <laughs> you know, it was a lady, I think. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. I sort of remember that. And I and I'm kind of glad I don't. You know, it's like yeah, oh, whatever. It ha- life goes on without me. The, the level of <laughs> hatred for that guy has not gone away, and uh, it's t- kind of taken some new heights this week and some new developments even as near as yesterday uh, with the, uh, how should we call it, the Russia collusion investigation is now convicting people of tax problems and Which that's finance not, laws. That's not what they were there It's not in the scope of their mandate, but it's definitely, well, I mean, they got convictions yesterday, so... Wow. Anyway, I don't know if we want to go in that direction, talk about something else today. We've got just a lot going on. Some news close to home. We had a missing person for, what, about a month, two months? For a while. Five I weeks, I think, was Molly Tibbetts, and it made national news. That was actually just half-hour drive from here, maybe a little more. Yeah, posters at every gas oh, station. Everywhere, everywhere. Houses. And not very old. Was she 20-something? She was, I think, 20. 20, or not, yeah, early 20s. Yeah, young, young gal. Mm-hmm. We found out yesterday um, they found her body, and they have uh, a suspect that's basically admitted to it, so that's in the news. It's a pretty big deal. Um, uh, what else do we have? We've got some stuff in the news headlines. We've got another Ebola outbreak over in Africa. We've got a big quake in Venezuela as far as world news goes. And uh, the massage industry, which is kind of close to home because Doug's wife, yep. Tracy, owns a massage therapy business so we might talk a little bit about that some stuff and she she got down in california she got a little a little bit involved locally sent some letters out to some folks about 
uh, some legislation and laws. Well, I will definitely t- touch on that. But then we got this, and and th- this is, I, I only got just the surface of this, but I got enough to at least to share the highlight. But an actress in Hollywood who was all about the Me Too movement, jumping, of course, you know. Oh, I didn't realize that. She, yes. This Asia lady, what's her yeah, name? Yeah, Asia Argento. All about this Me Too movement because you have to because you have to be in Hollywood you have to be on yeah, every movement or it's you know you won't get fired you won't get parts and then it comes to find out that she paid off a seventeen year old that she's a sexual predator she's a sexual predator <laughs> <clears throat> oh man um uh, and yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. I, you know and on one hand I'm just like the hypocrisy makes me mad but on the other hand you know what gosh it seems like now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does seem like leftists are more holier than thou than conservatives. But I always want to think that there are good Christian conservatives that are good at seeing their own evil, good at sure. seeing their own sin. Now, maybe that's just we're all nobody wants to see their own sin. Nobody wants to realize that that they're evil because I know well, there's a you know there's and I think there's a difference between <clears throat> there certainly is a difference, and maybe this is giving. The leftists' allowance, but I think that there is a big difference between being in tune with your own inadequacies and your own sin and broadcasting them. I don't think anybody probably ought to broadcast their inadequacies, but some get broadcast anyway. Um, So I don't know. I kind of messed up our show timer, so we might have to look to see where we're at. I I didn't start it. Okay. But. But, uh, Regardless, but we're we're just kind of rambling on highlights now. I mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to go any any anywhere else with that. I mean, on one hand we could pick on the left, but it's like I don't need to pick on them. I mean, you know the on that's what people do. They're like, yeah, we want to. I'm against people being sexual predators, and then she is a sexual predator. But isn't that kind of the human story? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm against a whole bunch of stuff, and I've done some of the stuff I'm against. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. well, thankfully, that's, not, that's thankfully, a good way to put it. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe, maybe that's a maybe that's enough. I guess the sexual stuff can can kind of roll back into the massage business, yeah. a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so there's. Um, well, I, th- I see a theme developing already for today, okay. and even in the news headlines that we've talked about, there's the theme developing of I just want there to be an equal scale. Mm. Because she wants to, she accused Harvey Weinstein of of, mis, of inappropriate things, and then she's done inappropriate things. So whatever measure she uses with Harvey Weinstein ought to be used with her. And I think that that spreads out with a lot of the things we want to talk about today. I just feel like there needs to be a, an even scale, an e- a level playing field. I mean, you can't you can't just bash a certain class of people for their mis misdeeds. Yeah. Um, everybody, if if you're gonna bash people for their misdeeds, then everybody needs to be bashed. So. Well, yeah, because it seems like back when Weinstein came out, it was like, "Ha ha, Weinstein did this," and and you supported Weinstein, and then somebody said, "Well, yeah," and then they pointed at Roy Moore or pointed at some other people and said, "Well, wait, he did that," and then it's like, mm-hmm. "What can't can't we just quit pointing back and forth and say, this is bad, stop it?" Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, I don't want to. Sometimes it's like they're they're more like children than my daughters are. You know, they're three and five. It's like, mm-hmm. come on. They fight less than you guys do about that. Right. <clears throat> you know. For sure. <clears throat> this stuff is wrong, period. It's wrong, period. And it's wrong if I don't jump on the movement. If mm-hmm. And there's probably some good things about the movement, but it also seems like there are some bad things about the Me Too movement as well. Right? So anyway, yeah. I, I could, I, I'm <clears throat> really tempted to point out a kind of inappropriate meme that I saw about, <laughs> about the Me Too movement, but... Well, we'll probably get more clicks if we have inappropriate stuff on our podcast. Well, I know, but just I don't know if I... <laughs> <clears throat> you decide the whole hashtag thing. Uh-huh. I think somebody somebody put it because it was hashtag Me Too. Oh, know? they do something about pot. No, oh, they, okay. they did it. They they basically the meme was something about the irony of that a vast majority of adults in the United States still still pronounce that as pound. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> oh no, that's horrible. Okay, that's 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 pound good tag. enough. Yeah, good pound enough. Tag. We could we should <laughs> talk about pound tags sometime pound tag. because we I should. think pound tags are. Way better than hashtags. But yeah. Moving on. Okay. Are we, are we, is it time for a cigar update yet? Or? Well, because it's our one-year anniversary uh, and, and we're, we're smoking, smoking an exceptional yes. cigar here. We, just, so. we, we, we should, even though it's, we're, we're not there yet. Um, 
Yeah, tell me, tell me what, tell me what you're getting. Well, I'm delighted that my burn is evened out. I have a perfect ring around the cigar, which is making me less nervous now. Mine's not, but mine's okay. Mine's okay, normal. And uh, no, th- I have not tasted a reduction in complexity, but I'm just really enjoying the smoothness and the mouthfeel of this cigar because it's not, it's not unpleasant in my mouth at all. It's sweet. It almost has like a butterscotch uh, finish. The it's just it's so wonderful. Yeah, I might say caramel. I might I might just argue with you, but we're, we're splitting hairs, well, and that's what okay. What it reminds me is yeah. of Brock's butterscotch mm-hmm. candies that we used to eat when we were kids. I mean, I was thinking Werther's. Are Werther's butterscotch or are they same caramel? kind of? Yeah, yeah it's but in we're, that same we're in that, that same realm. What are, what barrels were these <clears throat> aged in? Cognac, again? and I'm ah, that's weird. Yeah, I'm a Scotch guy, and I so I'm not sure I know cognac, but when I when we first lit, I thought. Yeah, maybe I'm tasting some kind of alcohol thing, some spirit that I, you know, maybe. But what, and I didn't mention this in the, I forgot to mention this. Uh, I was getting some cedar and what I thought was oak, which when I thought about it, it might be kind of hard to tell the difference between the two, but I might have been thinking oak because they were aged in cognac oak barrels, but but I would almost say it tasted more oak woody, and because of my wine drinking experience, I would label it oak. I, I, I get oak more than cedar, <clears throat> more, for okay, sure. Okay. And this last draw, just as you were talking, was totally like a coffee-slash-toffee. Mm. So I got the Werther's, like you nailed it right there. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> there's, <laughs> it's there, so good. There's a hint of savory when... and Yeah. And the, but I can't... Anyway, mm. I think that's enough. I can't put my finger on it yet, but we'll, we'll let that one... Yeah. We'll let it develop. Yeah. We'll let that one develop and move on. But so, so far, so far, we would recommend this cigar for anybody who's listening to and taking our recommendations, for sure. So, <laughs> massage business. Let's talk about it. So, let me give you an overview first, because I don't know if I told you this story, but my wife got concerned. This kind of relates a little bit to the Me Too movement, where some things are positive, some things are negative. And if you say... I don't want to be part of the Me Too movement. That doesn't mean you're in favor of sexual predators. Right. <laughs> that just means you're, you're not, not going to spend your time and your right. resources on fighting that battle. Right. Mm-hmm. And my wife decided to spend some of her time and resources, and I think it was good of her to do this. And I, I as we're both kind of libertarian leaning in and, the Me Too movement. No, no, no. She oh. wanted to spend her time and resources on not the Me Too movement, oh. but something related to her profession. Okay. So some well-intentioned. She thinks Christian people are trying to push for new laws um, locally. It's actually some of it's at a at a state level, but some of it's in, in communities, and it applies on both levels because the state's involved. And this be- is a national issue as well. It is it's a in national, the national issue. Spotlight, yes, it's in the so. national news as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the states are involved because it involves human trafficking, and the states are involved because they're trying to decide if they should mandate certain things for the local. You know, lo- for towns, the local mm-hmm. municipalities that are trying to decide whether to pass new laws. And I was real proud of my wife because she was kind of research it and realized there are already plenty of human trafficking, prostitution laws on the book mm-hmm. and just enforce them. But what this good, uh, apparently alleged Christian group is trying to promote is that each community every massage therapist needs to pay a fee to register with the city or they can't conduct business. And it's like, well, first of all, massage therapists aren't, they're not making money hand over fist. And especially someone like my wife, who's a stay-at-home mom taking care of kids who wants to do, you know, an occasional massage and make a little extra money. You spend $200, well, she might only be making twice that in a year. And she's just like, you don't... First of all, what does it matter? All it does is it provi- it provides a legitimate license to somebody that might be doing a legitimate business. If you're not going to enforce the prostitution, the human trafficking laws that are already on the books, they can pay that $200, set up shop, and at least try mm-hmm. to get around the law anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> and so she was, she wrote some letters, and I, I was proud of her for doing it, but it's, it's the, I think, fairly common. I'm talking and not puffing. I <laughs> uh, better be careful. Okay, it didn't go out. Um, but it's it's one of the things where they say, oh, we need more laws instead of saying, no, these laws, enforce them, and that will take care of the problem. And um, 
So, but if you if you say, oh, I don't want the massage registration, people are like, what? You're in favor of human traffickers? It's like, no, you're making a false dichotomy that's just mm. not right. Yeah, because they want to get their little their little thing done, you know, so that they can mark it as a badge of merit on their record. And I saw that reminds me of a quote I saw. Somebody tweeted just this morning, and I would give them credit if I could remember who it was, but um, that the, one of the hugest problems we have in all of government right now, and this this particular issue is no is no it falls right in line with this idea is that talking has taken the place of hard work mm-hmm. they think if they can just talk about it a lot and pass some piece of paper that it's going to solve the problem no the actual the thing is they need to actually be investigating they need to be watching what's going on in their communities they need to be doing the hard work of enforcing the laws that are already on the books and so yeah case in point right here we have got Good people that are trying, that are well intentioned, trying to solve a problem. They're just not, they're not solving in the right way. Hmm. I'm just gonna knock that off because it's coming, getting ready to come off anyway. Because mine fell yeah. off in my lap. My ash just fell off. Quick, quick update. Ashes just fell off. I don't have a whole lot more to say. We're, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll stick to that. And uh, you know, gosh, that hard work thing. <clears throat> we. It is nice when a, in a small community where you can just say, "Yeah, we want to, these laws need to be enforced. We need to not let things slide." It's like when you get when it gets bigger, even at the state level. I wonder sometimes it almost seems too big, but even but at the national level, for sure, it's like they pass a law and it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, let's let's be let's be frank. Are is is illegal prostitution a big problem in Oskaloosa? I don't think so. I don't. We don't think so. I'm sure that there is some prostitution here. I have no doubt about that at all. Um, I, I don't think that it's probably happening in massage parlors. I mean, I don't even know who does massage in Oskaloosa. So I'm, I'm not a good person to ask about this, but it, like, how many are there in Oskaloosa? I don't know. 20, 30, probably. There are probably only a couple shops, but they're. I might be overestimating because I know the because mm-hmm. I know the people, but I think there are quite a few therapists. Some work like at a hospital and at some work at uh, physical training places, mm-hmm. and then there might be one or two people that actually have shops. And then there's my wife, where she kind of she'll travel mm-hmm. to your house, kind of mobile, and, yeah, <clears throat> do a massage. And so, um, <clears throat> but the the other thing is, I I remember years ago my my pastor, my good friend Brian, saying we. We get this idea sometimes in our brain that we can completely eliminate something with laws. Mm-hmm. And not only is it not true, but that really isn't quite the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law is to pr- protect people. So whether you're, and, it, and it's, it, it applies to policy and law. So even if like he's talking church policy, but he's also talking local law, you know, you put the right policies in place at a church, somebody still, a, a volunteer still might come in and abuse children. And at some point you have to look and say, well, we, we had the right policies in place. We checked, and this didn't show up. This is a bad person. They did a bad thing. We didn't do anything wrong. Right. And it sucks when that happens. But you put those things in, in place <clears throat> to weed out. At some point you say, yeah, this is good. These policies are right because they're going to weed out certain people. And I've seen it happen in 17 years of youth ministry. There was <clears throat> some guy that came to me, and he was like, he just he just wanted to. Um, he said, "I just want to impact young boys' lives. I'm I'm a grandpa, and I just want to take some boys fishing and try to help them." And I could have been completely wrong, but my radar went off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, you know, we didn't have that type of a program mm-hmm. at the time, and so it was easy to say that. That's not what we're Easy doing. Easy to say no in that instance. Yeah. But, um, but had I had that type of program, I still would have, you know, I would have put him through everything and, and probably would have done everything I could to steer him hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing is, I, I'm not even saying I'm right. I might have been wrong. He might have just been a really nice old guy that, you know, wanted to take some guys fishing. But it was, it was scary. Because when that radar goes off, you're like, your job, my job, was to 
make sure that kids are taken care of in the right way in the context of our organization. Yeah, that that brings something up, and man, we're <clears throat> this is going to probably steer us a little off the initial point of laws and policies and stuff, but maybe not. Maybe this is a good policy for especially spiritual uh-huh. institutions to have. Mm-hmm. When when we are in ministry, we are in a spiritual business, and policies are great. <clears throat> But we have to acknowledge, and you just illustrated this perfectly, we have to acknowledge sort of uh, spiritual disturbances. I've told, I've told the people that work with me at, at the church that when your gut, when you have a gut feeling, listen to it. I mean, it's not like the be-all, end-all, but certainly don't silence that because that, we're in a spiritual business and we have to listen to the Spirit. When, when there's ripples, when there's disturbances, we have to listen to that. So we can't disregard it. And sometimes that's enough. All you need is, I don't feel good about this. And that sh- should hold up, at least in a ministry setting. I, I agree. And I, and I have to say it was easy because mm-hmm. I was working for a Christian ministry and this perception might be wrong, but here's the perception I have. If I hadn't been working in a Christian ministry, I think there might have been people that would have thrown a fit and said, that's mm-hmm. wrong. You can't yeah. you can't tell that person that they can't work with kids, right? And I'm so glad that you know in my ministry, if I say my radar went off and the board would be like, hey, you know, trust your yeah, <laughs> trust that yeah. They they would never say that's not fair, mm-hmm. um, which is that, good. They'd I'm say glad. that's your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Um, yeah, and so I guess I guess just to kind of close out this massage thing, I I don't know what's happening locally. Um, but obviously, it's it's personal. I'm a little biased because I don't want my wife to have to pay a fee that's going to interfere with her her small income. But I also think that fee will not that won't help. Like yeah, they're, they're saying, "Oh, we have to stop human trafficking, so we need to do this." So no, stop human trafficking. Stop human trafficking. Yeah. You, you don't. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and it it might be important. Maybe I like I'm a splitting hairs kind of person to the difference between prostitution and human trafficking. Because as a libertarian and as a Christian, I'm really, I'm like two things butt close together when I start to say, if some lady wants to charge a guy 25 bucks to do stuff, yeah, gosh, I, I don't, there's part of me that, that wants to say, I don't care if it's illegal. Yeah. But when it gets into human trafficking and people, for, then it, then it starts to be somebody mm-hmm. from the outside has to say, I would agree with you. I would agree with you on that. I mean, there's... <clears throat> maybe I'm being too... I don't know if the word, what it's the word, pragmatic or whatever, but I, it's going to happen. Prostitution's going to happen. And that's... I have less of an issue with that as a reality. Well, morally, I have a problem with that. Yes. But as a reality, I have less of an issue with that than I do about about forcing your will on another person, which is what abduction and trafficking and slavery is. And that's... That falls to me into a totally different realm of something that is absolutely enforceable. Ought to be that that falls within the jurisdiction of I think the the government and mm-hmm. all of that. Well, For sure. <clears throat> where are we on time? I'm gonna kind of um, check our. Well, we're at about we're at about 20 minutes, I think. Okay. Good look on there, but okay. We're past. We're probably past 20 okay. minutes. Okay. All right. So. Well, we've already done a done a cigar update, and and I think we're. Yeah, I, I guess you know maybe we should unpack this because this is I, I like talking about this for my brain because I think I'm still working some of this out. I would say you shouldn't be a prostitute. I would say you shouldn't go to a prostitute, but I might not say going to a prostitute or being a prostitute should be illegal. Like I'm not sure if by the force of law. We should put disincentives for those activities, but I might, and that's that's where mm-hmm. I said it's hard for me to think through because I'm pretty libertarian, and I think it's going to happen. Well, and, okay, <clears throat> let me pick apart something you just said. Okay, you said I don't think we should put disincentives in of, of concerning that. Uh-huh. I think we definitely need to put disincentives okay. in. We need to put disincentives okay. in. <clears throat> Not maybe that doesn't belong to the government maybe that belongs to the people because there are social disincentives yeah, and market exactly. disincentives that aren't that aren't part of government i mean they are but they're sort of like self-government mm-hmm. part of self-government that i think <clears throat> that i think we can all acknowledge that hey in in on my street i don't want there to be a house of ill repute yeah. and i'm going to do everything that i can to disincentivize that yeah. on my street yeah. 
That doesn't mean making it illegal. Although if I had the opportunity to just make it illegal, yeah, maybe I would yeah, because yeah. that's what I want to do. I probably but, would too. But uh, <clears throat> but but there's a difference I think between what we do socially and what mm-hmm. we do with the market versus what we do with the government. I think that's where the libertarian line is. Is that right? I mean, uh, I think so. Well, and here's here's where here's where my ideas start to bump into each other a little bit because it's easy to say. Listen to these two guys. Yeah, advocating I, for illegal prostitution. Yeah, it's like I don't want it on my street. Right. So I might get together with my mayor and say, okay, there, University Park, boom, it's illegal. So there's a disincentive and people start looking, you know, people, you know, might look out for it then, they might not. Really high taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. George, I want the taxes to be really high because that'll stop prostitution. No. So, um, (laughs) oh gosh, but, but as that starts to get bigger, then I, I don't know why I don't like it. Like if I could say there should be a Iowa law against prostitution, why do I not like that? Because it's further away from it's further away from the people that are saying we don't want this and there's something about that mm-hmm. it feels like when the snowball starts rolling then it just it rolls too fast and eventually you start stepping on someone's right to do something else i.e. there becomes a law that says I can't buy raw milk from a farmer that's milking his cow yeah <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? Because there's, there's this line of like, do we want to do what's right and protect people? Yes. Well, then a lot of things ought to be illegal. The things that n- that never lead to good things spiritually, that never lead to good things physically. Uh, these are these are big topics, man. On, on the other, I'm not sure I can on, cap on, that. I I can't, don't think I don't think we're going to solve this today. But on the flip side, I think people should have the freedom to make bad choices. And but don't they, even if it's illegal? They do, even if it's illegal. So that doesn't necessarily take their freedom, but it is taking away some of their... It's taking away their freedom. Is it taking away a right? Probably not. And I'm not a big fan of limiting freedom because I think people should be free to make bad choices. Now, <laughs> and I hate the word externalities. Um, should people have the freedom to... Smoke weed? Well, yeah, but if there's sketchy characters going to the house next door to buy weed that they, you know, from somebody at night, and my kids are in danger, then I, you know, I might, <laughs> I might want to say sorry, no, yeah. no weed on this block. I, don't, you know, it's it's hard. The the problem is to me in my mind is that is that no matter what the law is, and no matter how perfect the law is, if people don't want to follow the spirit of it then there are never enough laws god gave us 10 and that was adequate but when we say well what is adultery you know exactly what can i get away with without breaking that law then we violated the spirit of the law which is to please god by honoring bodies and and like you know so i mean that's the problem the problem is with human nature not with the law yeah yeah, how, how how dare you tell somebody what they can do? It's like, well, we have a higher higher value on sexuality than you do. You can lower your value of humanity and sexuality as far as you want to lower it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Uh, anyway, I think it's probably time to hop to something else. But something you had some information on down there. Well, we could talk about Molly Tibbetts. Everybody and their brother is going to be talking about that today. Kind of a local thing. Or we could talk about the president in Washington and... All that stuff. I'm because there's some national implications of this local story, I th- we, we, we have probably to, we should have, address it. We have to address it. What's what's the elephant on the paper <laughs> or something that we're, that we're not? Okay, so yet. more I guess more backstory for listeners who may not know what the world we're talking about. There's a local girl in her early 20s named Molly Tibbetts. She went missing I think five or six weeks ago, and there's been a nationwide effort to find her, figure out what happened to her, and. Basically, I'll give you the news, and then we'll talk about the issues. So, yesterday, there was a breakthrough in the case, or day before yesterday, I guess. In the evening, um, there was some federal and state law enforcement activity. Some things were shaken loose. We knew that that was happening. And uh, there was a press conference yesterday that gave us the story. So, essentially, a man, uh, through some surveillance footage, they found out that they found a car that had been following this jogger. And they found the owner of the car, and they approached him. He didn't put up a fight. He basically said, yeah, I, I followed her. I saw her. I knew about her. I followed her. 
I ran alongside her for a while, then she told me to get away and said I'm going to call the police. That's when this guy freely admitted that he chased her and caught her, and then he claims that he blacked out, and the next thing he knew, he had a body at this intersection, disposed of the body, and now he's in the... Now he's in the hands of law enforcement, and he's arrested and charged with first-degree murder. We found out also yesterday that this person is an illegal immigrant to the United States of America, Mexican citizen who had been employed. He'd been here between four and seven years, employed by a local farm, and uh, wow, fireworks are going off. In a lot of ways, I did see the owner of the farm put out a statement sort of like a cover-your-butt statement is all it was, saying that they ran him through E-Verify yeah. and that he was a he was a worker in good standing. Um, so we've got problems on many, many, many levels, and people are... I mean, th just the, the level of community engagement you had with this Molly Tibbetts search, like there were posters of her everywhere, call this, call Crime Stoppers. <clears throat> there was like a over a quarter-million-dollar reward for her safe return or information leading to whatever. And now you've got all those people that were engaged with that... Um, sort of uh, seething a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. I'll open it up there. What do you, what do you want? Where should well, we take this? Well, I, th I think <clears throat> I think I want to talk about where we shouldn't take it. Um, laws laws aren't perfect. I think we need to talk about how to tighten them as best we can to protect um, citizens of our country. Whether those citizens are black, Latino, oh, white, matter, whatever. Yeah. Citizens. Uh, citizens of our country. And so it might be that the law, that, that the laws that existed to get that person here to work, that they're all fine because they're not going to catch 100% of the people. There are some people that just can come in, and he might have been a good person because I would just assume not everybody's born horrible, evil killers. Mm -hmm. That something happened and he. He, maybe he just that's his maybe that's his first time maybe he became a killer maybe he wasn't before but we do need to we do need to say is there you know I think it's reasonable to not get you want to be pissed at evil but you don't want to be be mad at the system that's there to protect you you want to say wait what is what's right what is there anything more we could have done because sometimes the answer is there isn't anything more we could have done we did what we should have done we did what we could have done and an evil person killed somebody so, so maybe the laws are okay, mm -hmm. but maybe they're not. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of people that want somebody to blame. And I, there's one person for sure that we can blame as far as people go, and that's the person that committed the crime. Zzz. Yeah. Multiple crimes. Yeah. Came illegally, murdered and killed. Oh, he was illegal. Young, yeah, he was okay. an illegal person. So how did the farmer e-verify? There we go. Okay, okay. okay. All right. So either the farmer didn't e-verify, but is saying he did, or okay. or the person who was the perpetrator uh, gave false information, okay. or perhaps the Obama administration, which is who was in office when he came, didn't or failed to enforce <clears throat> things. Uh, we do not know a lot, but what's her past criminal history? I don't know. Okay, that and that probably some of that will come out today. Yeah. And and that's one of those things. I I think it's reasonable if somebody has a the idea of saying, hey. We want to be open to everybody. Well, no, no, I don't want to be open to rapists, really. Right. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it doesn't matter what your nationality is. If you're a rapist, I don't even care if you're white. Yeah, maybe we should kick you out of the country if mm -hmm. you're a white rapist. <laughs> Just, you know, if you're an American citizen, too bad. We're going to we're gonna send you to mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. um. Well, there's just been a lot. Okay, so I guess it's a particularly poignant because there's been a lot of talk in the news lately about all these people that want to abolish ICE. Immigration, oh, customs, gosh, enforcement. Yeah. They want to abolish it. Well, okay, if you abolish that, then there's no safeguard to protect people from anybody that can come in the country. Yeah. Yeah, no. I guess, to me, it's an enforce. Again, it's a law enforcement issue. Like, we didn't enforce the laws that we have, and this is what we get. And and I will say, and I'm going to say this, and then I think we should do our 45-minute our cigar update. Um I will say that that, as a person that doesn't like doesn't like a lot of laws, likes local laws, that is a government. That is a federal issue. That is a a big uh, a United States government, not a big government, but a United States federal government issue. Immigration that should be covered by the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we ought to 
we ought to point fingers at the federal government and say, why didn't you protect us from yeah. this person? It's your job to protect us from this person. Yep. So, okay. Your ass just fell off. Yeah, it did. Mine hasn't quite yet, but I, I almost feel like I think I've been talking more than... No, about... No, we're about pretty close, close yeah. pretty close. So, so what do you got? Well, I, I think if anything, it's settled into this... I feel like the some of the flavors that I was getting that were more separate are now kind of coming together. Maybe that's just the taste of the cigars in my mouth and it's getting fuller of the taste or whatever, but I feel like it's kind of solidified. I'm getting a lot of sweet still, but it's not. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's still there, I guess. I, get, I just got a little, maybe a little more of that savory just now. I, um... It does feel like, and I, I wonder if this is normal. I should talk to a really somebody that smoked way more cigars than me and ask. But it does seem like, like there was all of these separate things. Yeah. But as we're mm-hmm. probably pretty close to the halfway mark, it seems like it's all blended in now, yeah. and it, and it's good. There's this, there maybe a hint, and I'm I'm adding this to the to the stuff we've already said. So it's not, it hasn't changed necessarily, except it's kind of all become one flavor but there's like a, a hint of salt kind of in the high back high part of my throat and um, and then it's it's sweet sweet and earthy and I might be getting some of the coffee that I wasn't when you said it I, I wasn't really getting any earlier but might be getting a, just a hint of this hint of that and I think that sweet that sweet creaminess might have changed a little bit to a sweet earthiness. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I hear you there. So Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to identify the flavor of this, this savory taste. It's almost like reminds me of a good lentil stew or something. Hmm. Yeah, that, it's kind of a vegeta- kind of vegetal, almost salty. Almost Indian. That would go with the tamarind, because I don't know if tamarind's Indian or some other. I think tamarind might be in Indian spice. but Well, tamarind is a fruit, and I think it's a... Oh, sorry. It comes from the tropics somewhere. Okay. Well, um... Anyway, it's good, good still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um... <laughs> interesting as... as um... It's... The, the mouth feel is just... It's still full. Like, there's just all kinds of stuff happening in the mouth. But it's, uh... I did want to say... I was expecting it just because it was supposed to be this... You know, awesome. I was expecting it to be more oily, and that's I think my own preference because I like really oily cigars. It's right in the middle though. It's yeah. just it's just right. Mm-hmm. It's not dry. It's just a little bit of oily, um, and I don't seem to be noticing any nicotine. Yeah, me either. Um, I don't think I've ever smoked an Arturo Fuente that had a lot of nicotine in it. I don't know if this is supposed to. I didn't look that part up. So, good there's enough. probably an art to that too. Like, you want there to be nicotine, but you don't want it to hit you all at once and make you feel funny, right? So I suppose that there's an... I don't know if that's part of the cigar art or not. I I think so. Um, So there are... It seems like, as I've learned about cigars over the last, I don't know, decade or so, that there's this rule that's kind of a, a misguided rule a little bit that... The most, the strongest tasting tobacco has lots of nicotine. So people try to put a little bit of the strong tobacco with some of the not so nicotine strong tobacco to to find a nice balanced cigar. But I also think that as as they grow it and harvest it and age it differently, they try to learn how to say, well, maybe that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know if we do things a little different, we can still get the flavor without the nicotine. Or some people smoke a cigar because they want to get kicked in the butt with nicotine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so A little is fine, but I don't want to feel sick. I don't right. want to... Speaking of, this will be down the road a little bit, but um, it's more to tell you than it is to put it on the recording. The, the one cigar that I remember making me woozy sick for a little bit, I never, I never threw up, but it didn't feel good for a little while. I bought that as one of our future cigars because I want to go back mm. and give it a try <laughs> and smoke it and hopefully not get sick because it was a really good cigar. Mm. But I was sitting down and I did smoke it on an empty stomach mm. and I was doing paperwork in my Jeep, 45 minutes an hour. And it was great. I got done with my paperwork, put it away. But 15 minutes after I got home, I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't that's the wor- one of the worst feelings <laughs> ever. Yeah. I would much yeah. rather be like, 
hungover from drinking too much alcohol than I would be from smoking a cigar. It's just the worst feeling. Yeah. And I didn't know at the time, apparently, if you take a, like a teaspoon of sugar, there's, it's supposed to do something in your oh, body really? that helps with that. Help metabolize that. Yeah, it does, does something to you. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the cigar update. All righty. Um, How much time do we have left? Well, 10 we minutes. 10 We're minutes? 10 minutes okay. or so. we got to talk about something uh, with the president, with the stuff going on in Washington. Okay, I think. Is okay. that okay with you? Yeah. All right. Well, yesterday, of the 18 charges that they charged Paul Manafort, former campaign director for uh, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. uh, they charged him with 18 things. On eight of them, they returned a conviction yesterday. I do not know what those eight charges are. I think they have to do with... Conviction on eight. They got that's a conviction per- on a eight. Okay. And I think that they were had things to do with tax... Didn't report something right on taxes or something like that. Campaign finance things, I think. They all they all had to do with movement of money and disclosure of, of said movement or Which something. Which is not Russian anything. collusion. Okay. <laughs> at all. No. Okay. Um, also, Cohen, Trump's former lawyer, former attorney, uh, basically got a plea deal yesterday also that he, oh. that he made some illegal payments or something like that. And he's now flipping and claiming that the president directed him to do that during the campaign. And it has to do with paying off people that Trump had slept with to make them shut up. Okay. Okay, the reason I'm talking about this is because there's a very real possibility that Trump might be convicted okay. of, of some of this stuff. Okay. Implicated. If he's indicted. convicted, is he Im- impeachable or not? <sighs> See, that's the thing. An impeachment really is just to, to convict the president of a crime, right? Bill Clinton was impeached. He wasn't kicked out of office. Because if the president is impeached, I think, man, I wish I had read up on this. Okay. But I believe that once the president is impeached, that, therefore once he's been charged with a crime and convicted of a crime, then it becomes, I think Congress ha- or Senate, the Senate, something has, has the choice of whether or not to vote to remove him from office. I yes, think. you can you can commit a crime and still stay president yes. if I understand correctly. Yeah. So kind of the president is that, that's why probably he's on this camp he's on like a 8 week campaign thing because he needs to make sure that they keep the Republican majority in the in the Congress. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know. Here's here's I, there's okay, so there is a possibility that he could have broken a law or done something. He's not a career politician. Possibility, <laughs> Prob- well, there's, probability. No, there's yeah. there's almost a certainty yeah. because, and I even heard somebody comment today on I think it was on Fox News or something. They were talking about every candidate that's ever run for president has broken campaign finance law. He said that as a fact. <laughs> he said it's just it's just come you he said basically said you have to or something like that which i don't know and it probably probably doug i'm thinking that the they write these laws so that everybody's guilty so they yeah. can jerk them around yeah, and manipulate do. them mm-hmm. um but the but here's the deal we know for certain that hillary clinton committed far worse crimes she's not being convicted none of the people associated with her are being convicted they they committed they perjury to finance laws i mean like down the line we know that past administrations and even hmm. even the clinton campaign directly that was just running against the president committed so where, where's the equal sense of justice here if somebody broke the law i'm okay if they get in trouble but who broke the law worse is that even an admissible question <laughs> in this well I, I think it's i think it's a good question for conversation i don't think it's a good question for law because like you're you're never in a law proceeding. You're like, wait a minute, that guy yeah, over there in the I corner, know. he did worse things I than know. I did. Because that just that doesn't matter in a court of law. When have you ever seen somebody given this kind of freedom to just dig in somebody's yeah. past and bring up anything and everything that they can? You've never seen it. This is unprecedented. And <laughs> unintended. <considered>, yeah. <laughs> and and it's unprecedented and. And it's done so much damage, especially considering the good that this administration has done in the last year and a half. No. What are the people going to do? What are the What are the people of this country going to do if they do find a way to get rid of Donald Trump? That's the That's where I wanted to get. <laughs> what What ought we do? Okay. As As much as I hate it when leftists talk about what might happen, <laughs> I suppose we could have some fun with it. Um, 
and uh, we don't have a lot of time, so let me let me keep this short. And um, well, I mean, we can just leave it there if you want. I mean, let me off the top of my head. Short answer is, I think it would be the worst thing in the world for leftists, even for the Democratic Party, to impeach Trump, even if they could find some charges on him, because I think it will it will be like the most major catalyst for the right that they could ever have. And I think it would have negative impacts on them. Now, so and so and so, do I kind of say I don't care? Well, no, I care because it, it. I know does, what you mean does, when you say that. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. It seems unjust, so that's wrong. But if they did it, I just I think it would completely catalyze the right. I think that the gloves would completely come off mm -hmm. because there's been a lot of a lot of Republicans that have played the games with the Democrats over the years, and I think if they impeach this president. I think the gloves would totally come off. There would be nothing sacred anymore. It would be, it would be full on war. I mean, not not physical war necessarily. I'm talking full on political war. Yeah, it's it seems that way. I think so. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see where we are. If I'm smart enough to run my phone. Nope. Yeah. Okay. We got four minutes. Do the final wrap on the cigar, even though we're not done. So we're getting, we lit this. So this has been over an hour. Has it really? Because, well, because we start, yeah. we do the, right? It's been pretty close to Pretty me. close to an hour. Okay, but I, we got at least 10 minutes left on this. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. a Corona size, it didn't, the, the pack didn't feel heavy. It didn't feel light. felt pretty average. Um, but a Corona size burning this long, that's. That's pretty I, good. I feel like it was a little tight. Really? Just, um, maybe more so than some others that we've smoked recently. Now, I don't know if that's... Maybe a hair. It's not drawing bad. Yeah, yeah. It's at not all. a bad draw. Maybe. At all. Maybe it's a little... Yeah, maybe just a smidge tighter than average, but... But, uh... Um, Flavor-wise, I've still, I've still got a... i got a... Almost a two-inch ash here hanging on. Yeah. So, I, I did want to mention that I purged, and it was... It didn't have that what I call a metallic bitter to it. Um, it was interesting. More, it was a little bit, I don't know, earthy, probably mostly earth, maybe just a hint of dark chocolate. But um, And then the retrohale, which I anticipated with a cigar of this caliber, it would burn a little. But I can't, I'm not going to be able to use, to, to explain this well, but it's like the burn was there and I didn't, you know, I don't like burn when I'm blowing smoke through my nose. But it was, Richer, even though the burn was, was like a richer burn, like not like it didn't. It wasn't just ow that burns. It was like a cleaner burn. I don't know if that's I'm reaching top fuel. Yeah, I'm reaching for words here, <laughs> trying to sound smart and just not sounding. So basically, what we're saying, Doug, is this this cigar has outperformed your vocabulary, <laughs> your lexicon. I'd you like I'd like to think that's. <laughs> That's setting the bar high, but I'm not sure maybe if it really is. Too high. Yeah, maybe that's setting the bar anyway, a high. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's been a good. I'd say this top five. I, you know, which is an easy label to slap on a really nice cigar, but I don't. You know, I couldn't. If you asked me to list top five, I couldn't do it. But this is this is up there. This has been a fan, just a fantastic smoke. It it is it is, and uh, gosh, I don't think I have any more. I just want I just want to keep smoking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of good. So, anyway. Okay, so the wrap for the week. Um, if anybody's listened for a year, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And, and if, you were, if you're just starting to listen, don't laugh at us much if you go back and listen to the first one. I was, I kind of laughed at it a little bit. It was, it was actually like, I mean, I like to say now that we just sit down and we just talk. But it was more like like we're talking about issues now yeah. more than we were in that first podcast. Sure. It was just us having fun, enjoying a cigar, which yeah. we're still having fun. Yeah. But we're talking about things that might be of more interest. To yeah, me. I think so. And it's, you know, I think something that's fun, even if nobody ever listens to us or we never build the kind of audience that you would think we could, um, it's, it's fun to catalog our thoughts and opinions and what's happening. And, yeah. it, and it's just a, it's a good thing. So. But I do, I do think that I think it's good to maybe document this is that I, I have 
I know we have some ideas and thoughts about where we'd like to take the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I think as the one-year mark passes here, I think that um, those of you who may have listened or are listening will notice some marked changes in some of the way we do things. Or, or uh, It's kind of a – it's important, I think. It is. And I, I, I will say in closing, um, it's, it's great, not just with – political ideas and current events ideas, but even on cigar ideas, to hear from other folks, you know, it might be that in retrospect, if you drop a comment and I about the Arturo Fuente Anejo when I read it, I could be like, oh yeah, that's what I was tasting, mm-hmm. you know, I, oh, I couldn't get it. So if you've had one of these, definitely tell us what you tasted, tell us what you got, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, that, that'll be a wrap for today. All right, this well, has been DougAndJoeTalk.com. Thanks for listening. We'll yep. see you next time. See ya.